Welcome to the Generations Church podcast. This is Brian Nugent, and I'm the pastor at Generations Church. Thanks for listening today. We hope this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. If you got your Bibles this morning, I want to start... Uh, this 21 days, I want to preach on Awaken uh, this morning, and I'm going to be, if you follow a new version, we've got all the the, verse, uh, the scriptures there, but I'm going to be in several different places, Nehemiah and 2 Samuel and Matthew and, and Luke. I'm going to be uh, uh, talking about different experience that people have had as they were kind of, kind of awakened. So uh, um, <clears throat> how many of you are early risers? You just naturally... Really? You just kind of get up. You don't need an alarm. You just kind of get up. Now, I'm not talking about if you have young kids, because we know you can't sleep through the night. But just, again, if you're just kind of an early riser, you just kind of naturally kind of wake up in the morning, and you're in a good mood, raise your hand. I'm just early. What's wrong with you guys? What is wrong with you? You see, there's another option that is available to you, and that is waking up late in the morning, okay? I'm just telling you, there's a benefit to that. You know, the, the other morning, I kept hearing an alarm go off somewhere, and it went off six times. And I discerned that it was Kendra. So I go to her room. Kendra, what are you doing? She said, well, I wanted to wake up early. I said, well, I did not want to wake up early. Stop your alarm. There's an advantage there's an advantage uh, if you use an alarm. Number one, if you, if you get up a little later, because it gets the adrenaline flowing much quicker. You know, you early risers, you're just slow walking around the house. But, but when you're like, when you get up five minutes late, it just does something to the heart rate, right? Just gets you going, and that, that's good. It gets the adrenaline pumping. I think also when you're about five minutes late, it makes you a better driver, you know, more skilled driver on the way to work. You've learned all the shortcuts. You've learned how to cut through the Circle K instead of the red light. You know you do some of that. All right. And some people, some people can look in the rearview mirror, put on makeup while driving forward. That's a spiritual gift, I think. Awaken, awaken, waking up. Isaiah, and this is kind of our theme passage for that, uh, for this uh, 21 days. It's Isaiah 52. They'll put it up on the screen. It's God saying to Israel in Jerusalem, who had been, they had been in captivity because of their iniquity and sin. And he gives them this word that I want to use as our theme over the next couple of weeks. He says, Awaken! Wake up, clothe yourself with strength, put on your beautiful clothes. Oh, holy city of Jerusalem, for unclean and godless people will enter your gates no longer. Rise from the dust, oh Jerusalem, sit in the place of honor, remove, <coughs> remove the chains of your slavery, of slavery from your neck, oh captive daughter. Of Zion. So this is an encouragement 
to, to Israel and, and Jerusalem that, man, you don't have to just take this captivity. You don't have to just sit here, wake up. And that's, man, this is a, a message to all of you today. Wake up. You don't, you know, look, look at what's going on in your, your life. You don't have to live this way. He said to Jerusalem, take those chains of slavery off. Take those old clothes off. He said, wake up. Because sometimes when things happen in your life, you can just kind of go to sleep. You can just kind of get adjusted to the life that you have and that you are living. And the word of the Lord this morning is awaken. You don't have to live this way. I've got another plan. I've got another destiny. So that is our our theme just over the next 21 days, whatever that means to you, to let God wake you up and shake you. You don't have to live the way you were living. Take what you are taking. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. So, so wake up. Wake up. So awaken means awaken from sleep. We, we know that. But also awaken means greater awareness or happenings, greater awareness of happenings or surroundings. So we're just becoming more perceptive. So number one, it can mean that we need to wake up. Something's happening while something has happened while we were asleep that we need to awaken to, or we just need to be more perceptive of, of changes in our happenings or surroundings. So I've got, I've got some different examples this morning, scriptural examples of, of people who've just been kind of awakened, kind of become more aware of what was going on in their, in their lives. So my, my first one this morning is awakened through God's Word. I want to, this is our theme. This is our theme this week. So you know the story of, of Nehemiah. They had built the wall, uh, the wall of Jerusalem, and at the very end of that, they decided to have a dedication of that wall in Jerusalem and the restoration of Jerusalem. So they brought the priest Ezra, they brought him in for, you know, for this, uh, for this dedication. So Ezra gathers all the people that were there, the workers, and he pulls out the law of Moses. That's all they had at that particular time. Uh, hundreds, thousands of people that have, are, have gathered, and Ezra starts to read the law of Moses. He starts, the Bible says, at daybreak, and he reads it until noon. All right? Listen, that's a long time in the Old Testament, right? Like Genesis and Exodus, that's okay. When you get to Leviticus, that's a whole different, you know, about 10 o'clock when you're hungry. You know, so he's reading. He starts to read God's word from daybreak until noon. And you can read in Nehemiah chapter 8, you can read the impact of people who are, who are listening to this long reading. It said all the people listened attentive, attentively to the book of the law. So they are listening to this word that's being, that's being read. There's something about the word of God that is different than any other book. It is God-given, God-spoken, God-breathed. If you will listen to it, man, it can, it can initiate a life change. So he's reading this book, and it said, Ezra praised the Lord, the great God. And all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen, 
and amen. So this is not a worship service. There's no worship team. There's no preaching. There's just a power that came upon God's word, and that's the law of Moses. Hey, we don't even have the good. They're not even reading the good stuff, the Gospels and the, and the New Testament. So they're listening and they're reading <clears throat> And hearing this is causing them to lift their hands and praise God. And then he continues to read, if you'll read in Nehemiah 8, and it says that they bowed down and they worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Again, no music, no, no worship, no structure there. They're just reading God's Word, and the power of God's Word is moving their hearts. They're lifting their hands in worship. They are weeping, and then after that, they got on their faces, and they begin to praise God, and then collectively, at the end, it said, Today, this is a holy day to the Lord. Uh, don't mourn or weep, but all the people were weeping as they listened to the words of the law, okay? Listen, that's the words of the law. I mean, uh, again, that's not the Gospels. That's not the, the New Testament. Uh, they're, they're just hearing, they're hearing God's word, and there's a spiritual response that they are experiencing, and there's an emotional response as well to reading and hearing God's word. Listen, in the life of the believer, enthusiasm and zeal and determination will only take you so far. In the life of the believer, there's an important role for God's word, and we need it. We need it. But sometimes we've heard it so much. We know all the stories, we've heard all the sermons. So in the midst of having more access to God's Word, you know, this generation reads it less and less and less, okay? We pick up little devotionals, we listen to podcasts, nothing wrong with that, nothing wrong with that. I just want to say, but in the life of a believer, there's no substitute for you opening this book and you reading that yourself. Those other things are secondary. They, they, they can help you on a secondary level. That's what God has spoken and said to other people. But there are things that God wants to say to you, and he wants to say it through his word. And we've got to be faithful. We've got to be faithful to God's word. Listen, I've been preaching a long time, many decades. I'm not going to tell you how long, okay? I've been studying this word. I've been preaching. I went to Bible college, so a long time. I can't tell you how many times I've read through this book, but I want to tell you something. There are still things in there that I read, and I go, wow. Well, I... I've never seen that before. I've never, I, I've never, you know, I've never experienced that before. For some of you that think it's just like watching the same movie over and over and over, and you just get the same things. No, I'm telling you, there's a dynamic factor to God's word, and when you read it, there are things that God will reveal to you out of things that you have read hundreds of times. So there is a place for God's word in your particular life. Jesus said. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. He says there is a place. There is a place in the life of the believer for God's word. So do you want to get to know God better? Is that a good, 
a New Year's resolution. I want to know God better. I want to know his character. I want to know his nature. I want to know more about Jesus. Do you want to hear from God? How many of you want a word from God? How many of you want to have, have God speak to you and guide you and give you wisdom and give you clarity? There's an answer, and it's not from the local prophet, okay? It's read the Bible. Read the Bible. God's Word is active in our life. Reading God's Word brings understanding. Reading God's Word can bring repentance to my life, and it can bring uh, continued spiritual growth to our life. But here's the thing. For those of you that go, man, it's just kind of a tough read. Would you say that honestly? You know, I'm not asking you to raise your hand. Hey. <laughs> Welcome to January. Welcome to January. Hey, but to some it is. It's kind of it's kind of difficult, okay? But I just want to say to you as well, the more you read, the more you understand. The more you read and the more you kind of get the get the names and you get the definitions and you kind of get some of the story narratives then it's not as hard. So the more you read, the more you understand. Then the next time that you read, you've got this understanding that you've learned from the last time. You're learning a little bit more about the disciples, the life of Paul, all of those things. So the more you read, the more you understand. So I just want to say, stay faithful to that. Stay faithful. So if you read something, you're going, and I, I've done that before. I'm going, man, what, what is that? Don't be discouraged. Come back the next day. You know, keep, keep reading. The more that you read, the more that you'll understand. And if you're new to the Bible, if you're new to faith, okay, where do I read? Where do I start? Here, here's my formula for you, okay? Start in the Gospel of Mark, okay? It's the story of the life of Jesus. Don't start at Genesis because, again, you'll go through Leviticus and you won't make it through that, okay? It's a wonderful book. I'm going to do a series on that. No, I'm not ever, 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 <laughs> I don't care about them weaving threads. That's too hard to get a sermon out of, okay? Start at the Gospels. Start at Mark, okay? It's a very short version of the life of Christ. Go straight to the book of Acts. See how God started working through the early church and its stories so it's easier to read. Then go to the book of James and read that. It's a very short book about New Testament New Testament life and living. And then after that, come see me. But that's, that's where I, I, I would just say, read the Gospels. Read the, read the stories. Read the promises. Read the prophecies. I want to tell you something. You start reading what the Bible says will happen in the end time, you may be shocked when you see the news. All right? So read, read, read this book. So they're, they're reading. They're reading. They went to a six-hour reading of scripture. Would you go to that? I know you said you would, but would you really show up at daybreak? Daybreak? And they heard for five, six hours they heard, but as they heard God's word, they started listening because the Holy Spirit will help start opening some of these truths. There was something that started connecting in their heart, just not in their heads. And then, man, they just started raising their hands. They started magnifying God. They started weeping. There was an emotional response, and they couldn't stop there. They got on their face, and they started to worship God, all because of reading of the law, okay? So I want to encourage you, if you're not a Bible reader, if you're not a reader, some people just aren't readers. If you're not a Bible reader, hey, Start. 
Get, start with that U version. Start anywhere. Start with this awakening book, but start reading the Bible regularly. I'm telling you, there'll be a, there'll be a life change for you. Second, <clears throat> second thing. So one was they were awakened by God's word. Second, awakened, reminded of my position in Christ. So there's a story in 2 Samuel about this. He's like he's 12 years old. He's, he's living in a city called Lodabar, which means nothing. You know, now the Visitor and Convention Bureau didn't name the city that. I mean, it's just nothing. It's like a wasteland. It's terrible. You know, I'm not going to refer to cities around Tallahassee, uh, you know, but you know there's just some of those cities. Why would I go there? And he's about 12 years old. He's, he's hungry. There's, there's, not a, there's not a great food source for him. He's living very poor life, just off the meager help, you know, and, and kindness of others. And to complicate that, he can't walk. When he was five years old, he was fleeing from a city, and the woman that was in charge, like his babysitter, picked him up to flee, and she fell on his legs and broke his legs, both of his legs. And, and back then, they just didn't have the medical kind of stuff to kind of, you know, to, to help him. So he can't walk. He can't walk. He's living a meager existence in Lodabar, a terrible city that just means nothing. It just means waste. And he's sitting there just every day, just, just going through this terrible, terrible existence. One day, there's a knock on the door, and a guy says, hey, I want you to come with me. I want you to, to come. So they, they got this young man. They assisted him, and they leave, they leave Lodabar, this place of waste, this place of nothing. And this young man looks up, and he realizes they're headed to Jerusalem, okay, from Lodabar to Jerusalem. And they go through the gates of Jerusalem, and all of a sudden, they approach the palace, the king's palace. The door opens at the king's palace, and they take this young man in, and he's standing before King David. All right? And King David says to him, young man, your grandfather was Saul. Now, remember the story of Saul and David? They didn't part well. So I'm sure this young man went, well, this day can only get worse. But David said, I'm going to honor you because of your grandfather. See, Saul was king, and this was his grandson. So in actuality, he was royalty. He was royalty. And he said, he said to this young man, all the lands that have been stripped from you because of your grandfather, I am going to give back to you, okay? And from now on, when you eat, you will eat at the king's table, okay? This is where you'll eat from now on in this palace. And all of a sudden, the light comes on the awakening happens for this young man because you know he in actuality he was royalty but he was living in Lodabar which was a wasted land where there's <clears throat> no potential and there's no 
opportunity and there was meager existence, meager food. He's standing there dirty. He's standing there in dirty clothes. But in actuality, he's royalty. And all of a sudden, the light bulb goes on for him that I don't have to live that way. I don't have to exist like that because you know what? In actuality, I'm, I'm royalty. Royalty, I am, I am part of this family. Listen to me. Sometimes we live a lo- we, we get into a load of bar thinking. My life is just, it is what it is. Somebody caused me a problem. He had a, he had a terrible accident. Man, my, here's my life, and I just learned to exist with that. And there are times that God comes and says, I just want to remind you this morning that you are royalty today. You are not destined for Lodabar. You are not destined for meager existence. You are royalty. Can I remind you this morning that you are a child of God. You are created in the image of God. Can I remind you that as a follower of Jesus, There is an inheritance that is awaiting you because you are now a son or a daughter of God. You are a member of God's family with an inheritance. Listen, there's a day that you go to the gate and you knock on the door and they say, Welcome, come in because you're one of the family here. Listen, we retreat to living and existing in Lodabar. But I want to remind you this morning, you are a blood-bought child of God. Be awakened and reminded of your position as a a child of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. I have been purchased because I am of great value. Okay? I'm of value. I'm I'm not living in some dusty house in Lodabar. I'm a a child of the king. I've been forgiven of my sins. What I've done in the past is no longer held against me. It doesn't keep me from knowing God and knowing God well. I just want to remind you, some of you have camped out in Lodabar. Your whole mind is meager existence. This morning, be awakened to the fact that you are a child of God. Live in the palace. Live under God's blessing. Live under God's anointing. Be awakened to that this morning. Be awakened to that. How about awaken to new spiritual experiences? Awaken to new spiritual experiences. So Matthew 17 talks about Peter and James and John. One day Jesus comes to them and said, hey, I want you to come with me. Follow me. That was always, you never knew where that was going to go if you were Peter, James, and John. That could be really good or it could be really tough. So they start following Jesus and Jesus says, all right, we're going to go up this mountain. You know, here's a high mountain up here. Well, is that what you want to do when you first get up in the morning? Okay, climb a high mountain. Okay, so, man, so they start trudging up this mountain and it's maybe thousands of feet and it would be difficult even today but back then man that was a really really difficult climb you know so they finally they get to the top of this mountain and it kind of levels off and all of a sudden the heavens begin to open like Peter James and John are standing there they've never seen 
anything like it. Like this light, this light comes from heaven. It's the glory of God. And they are standing there and they are watching the glory of God come down out of heaven and like touch the ground. Unbelievable. And they're standing there and all of a sudden Jesus Jesus begins to light up. The glory of God begins to touch Jesus and it says it shine. He shone like a light in his clothes. It said it was a very bright it was a very bright light that hit his clothes. And they're just standing there. They're standing there watching this. And then all of a sudden, Moses and Elijah are standing right next to Jesus. And they're talking to Jesus. And these guys, man, they are witnessing this unbelievable experience. And if you think that's cool, then the voice of God comes and it says, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And these guys are standing here watching the glory of God, watching the transfiguration of Jesus, seeing Moses and Elijah and hearing God's voice. What an unbelievable experience. And do you know what their response was? Hey, Jesus, would you like us to build a couple of shelters and get dinner ready for tonight for everyone? I mean, really? Really? You, you see and you witness that? You know, and, and, and that's your response? Such a, you know, such a, such a human response to an unbelievable spiritual experience. Hey, where are we having dinner? It always revolves around dinner, doesn't it? Okay. Where are we going to spend the night? It's just this human response to this unbelievable spiritual experience because they missed the moment. They missed what God was trying to say and what God was trying to do. They took this and wanted to build shelters and cater dinner. And there was something extra that the Lord wanted them to see. I mean, who would think like that if you saw Moses and Elijah and Jesus and you heard the voice of God? Who who would think like that? Okay? Now, let me just say something. I mean, they, they missed this moment. They missed really what God was trying to show them. But let me say something else. Sometimes we miss transfiguration experiences and new spiritual experiences because we refuse to climb the high mountain. Jesus didn't come and go, guys, you need to come up this mountain with me today because there's going to be something very cool at the end of the day. He didn't say that. He said, hey, come on. Come on. You see, you never know what will happen in your life when you're just faithful to what God says, okay? When you're just, you're just faithful. There are, there are many people that miss out on transformation and new spiritual experiences because they just refuse to climb the next mountain that the Lord has told them to. So some just sit at the bottom of the mountain. They hear the testimonies of Peter, James, and John when they come down from the mountain, but they won't discipline themselves and climb the next high mountain. People miss 
new spiritual experiences. Listen, it doesn't sound, it doesn't sound very spiritual, but just be faithful in your devotions, okay? Because you never know what will happen when you pull away from God. Pull away, pull away from your family and you spend some time with God. You never, you never know. You never know what will happen when you just have a few moments of worship, reading God's word. You, 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 never, you never know, but we go, well, I've been there before. I've done that before. But you never know what new spiritual experience exists when you're just faithful or you're just serving. You find a place to serve. You just never, you just... You just never know. You just get yourself into church on a more regular basis. You just never know what God has in store for you. That's why we're doing this kind of emphasis over, over 21 days to encourage you to, to seek God. There are things that God wants to say to you. There are new spiritual experiences. There are transfiguration experiences for you. But you got to get up off the couch and you got to climb the high mountain. And when you do that, you never know what God will do in your life. You never know what God will reveal. You never, you never know that. You never know that. <clears throat> the next part of Matthew 17, though, is that they kind of miss this moment because there's a little boy who needs prayer. He needs a miracle. And the disciples, they couldn't help him. And they go back to Jesus and go, we can't do anything. We prayed for him and nothing happened. Here they are on the Mount of Transfiguration with this great opportunity, and instead of leaning in, getting in God's glory. Let me just tell you, if I would have seen Moses and Elijah there, <laughs> and, and, and Luke says they were talking about Jesus' death and what was to come in Jerusalem, I would have been kind of leaning in, you know, kind of, kind of listening, just trying. I, I'd, have been, I'd, have, I'd have been right there. They missed that whole opportunity. And now here in the same chapter is a boy that needs a miracle and they provide nothing, okay? There's nothing. They missed. They missed this opportunity. You never know if they would have really grabbed what they needed to grab out of this, what the end of Matthew 17 could have, you know, could have, could have looked like. So I want to say you want a new spiritual experience. You want to see God do something. You want to go deeper in the Lord, okay? Start climbing that mountain every day. Get up, climb that mountain. Do what you're supposed to do. Live the way you're supposed to live. You know, be regular in your times of devotion. If you miss a day, that's all right. Just start the next day. Just keep going. Just, just start walking to the Lord. Do what you know to do. Climb that high mountain, and you never know what is around the corner. You never know. Last part last part awaken to the need for God in your life just awaken to the need of you need God in your in your life so a, a young man comes to his father and he said hey I'm gonna leave home but I want you to give me my inheritance in advance how would that sit to you if you're the parent <laughs> listen there's three people here today. I just want to say, don't you try that with me. You might get a bag of chips and you're out the door. That may be it. <clears throat> I mean, it's almost a little insulting. You know, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave. But before I leave, can you just give me my inheritance in advance? So the father, he does. Whatever, 
you know, however they decided to do that with cash or coins or whatever, he gives him, he gives him this, and the, the son leaves. Luke 15, you know, you know the story. It says that he lost everything he had with wild living, wild living. Can I just say to every young adult, wild living will cost you every time, okay? I don't care what you see, all your social media influencers. They only put the best pictures up. You never see the, you never see the downtime. It's a culture that says to young people, man, you need to go out. You need to have a season of wild living in your life. You don't need to worry about what the church has told you or what your parents has told you. You just need to go out and enjoy yourself. And I want to tell you, that, that that's a, a, a kind of part of uh, young adult culture today, but I want to tell you, there's a hard price and big lessons to learn when you give a season of your life over to godless living, okay? <clears throat> so he does that, all right? He makes poor choices. He makes poor choices with his money, probably sexually. He makes poor choices, all right? So he's already in trouble, but compounded on that, now he faces... He faced an unfortunate circumstance because at the time that he was at the lowest, there was a famine that was there, a severe famine, okay? So now, not only is he out of money, but this ability that he would have to go get another job and kind of help himself, it's gone, okay? There's a severe famine, probably there for a long, a long period of, you know, a long period of time. It's even so bad that one day he's watching someone feed pigs and he's envious of the food that the pigs are eating. Let me tell you, you can't get any lower than that. You cannot, that's, that's nasty, that's awful, you know. He's looking at the pigs going, man, that looks great. That's awful. That's how low he was, okay? And then he kind of, he, he kind of has this little talk to himself. Verse 17 says, when he came to his senses, an awakening. He came to his senses. He's, he's, he's per, his perception of his surroundings and what's going on in his life. He, he realized, man, this is a bad situation. When he, when he came to his senses, he starts, you know, he starts thinking you know, a little bit clearly. He has this awakening where he goes, something's got to change in my life. Something's got to change. Now listen to me. There are times that God will send warnings to us, okay? There are times that God will send warnings when we're kind of in this life and lifestyle, okay? Sometimes you'll feel it in your own heart. You'll feel this heaviness. You'll, you'll feel this uncomfortableness. You will, you will start to have spiritual Thoughts, thoughts about God, thoughts about church. There'll, there'll be conversations, maybe spiritual conversations that you've had with people that will start to come back to your mind. There are ways that God starts to communicate with you as a warning sign. Hey, you're headed toward, tr you're headed toward trouble. All right, or, you know, there are friends. Sometimes friends, God uses friends. God sends us Warnings sometimes. Sometimes it's friends or family. If anybody's ever had that talk with you, hey, listen, I love you, but I'm really concerned about where you're headed. Okay? Now, we get very arrogant with that. Well, who do you think you are? 
Who do you think you are to speak? Where is your life perfect to speak to mine? Well, nobody's life is perfect. But there are times that people see your life headed in a certain way and they're trying to help you. And you can, you can kind of, you know, you can kind of play that off if you want, but somebody's caring enough to speak something into your life and you can reject it or you may go, hey, man, this is another way that God is, God's kind of getting my control. Or you can look at somebody, here's another warning sign, somebody that's kind of on the same track that you are and where did their life end up? Sometimes you see people that are running on the same road, but they're in the ditch. You know what that means to you? You're headed to the ditch. It's a time for you to change roads. Somebody, sometimes you look at other people's lives and you can see the ultimate destination of where you're headed. All right? That's another way that God gives signals. And then it's sometimes it's your own circumstance. He's looking around going, this is terrible. I'm starving. There's, and this can go further downhill. So he starts thinking about, you know, what, what can I do? What can I do? Now listen to me. Listen to me. Sometimes we react with recognition but not repentance. Listen to me. Sometimes we go, man, my life's in a jam. My life's in a jam. I am messed up. What can I do to help myself? Okay? So there's recognition of the problem, but there's not repentance. We're not headed toward a spiritual answer, okay? So, you know, New, York, New Yorker magazine said that, you know, the self-help industry is $11 billion industry. 45,000 books have been written that are self-help books, okay? So sometimes there's recognition. I'm going to see what I can do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help myself. I'm going to piece myself together. I'm going to work through this work work this out. So sometimes there is recognition of the problem, but there's not repentance. And I want to tell you, I appreciate everything that people do to try to kind of help yourself, but sometimes spiritual problems, you know, can only need spiritual answers, and you could look at every website, you can look at every book, but there is a time that you need to realize that you need God in your life, not just to recognize your problem, but to go, hey, I need to turn this over and give it to God. And that's what he did. <clears throat> he said, you know, came to his senses. How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. He was far away and he was in bad shape. But he remembered, he remembered home. And he said, you know what, I'm going back. I'm going, I'm going back. And he, and, he, and he gets up because this is part of his repentance. He's coming, he's coming to God. You can try to work it out on your own if you want, but there's a time that you need to acknowledge that you need God in your life. And he starts going back to his father's house, and I love the story because he starts working on the speech. Any of you start working on the speech? You know, like, hey, Mom and Dad, I'm the dumbest person that ever lived. You know? Any of you ever had to craft that speech? I have done the dumbest things. I am, I'm the worst person in the world. He starts working on that, on that speech that he's going to give to his father. 
just to see, if you remember the story, if the father will just let him be one of the servants. He's not trying to come back as a son. He's trying just to come back, just, just I just want to be a servant. Just let me do that. So he's got the speech going, and he's walking back, and all of a sudden he sees the father's house on the horizon, and he sees somebody start to run toward him. That's always bad news, isn't it? That's bad news. Somebody starts to run to him, but as the as the individual gets a little closer, it looks, it looks a little more familiar the way he's running. And he's going, oh my goodness, that's my father. This is really bad news. He's running. He's running at me. And his father comes and he embraces him. And the son, he's ready for the speech. Dad, I blew it. I, I blew it. But the father says, stop. And he just begins to hug him and kiss him and he just begins to weep and before the the other sentence can come the the speech that has been prepared the father says stop bring the family ring bring the family robe you're not going to live as a servant because of your sin you are part of the family Put the ring on his finger. Put the family robe on. Kill the fatted calf for what's been lost is now found. Isn't that a great story? Isn't that great? Awaken to his need. Awaken to his need for God. Listen, God loves you. And if you've messed up and there's brokenness in your life, he doesn't turn away because of that. Okay? He's not offended. He's not angry. He's actually moved because of your brokenness. He's actually more sympathetic, more compassionate, more ready to forgive because of your brokenness. The father, when the son came, the father didn't give him the speech. Now, I think I would have gotten the speech. I know my father. All right. Now, listen, I told you. You know better than that. What are you thinking? He didn't get that speech. He got a hug and a kiss, the family ring, the family robe, and a party that they haven't had like in a long time, you know, at that house. So I want to tell you, you may think what you've done has separated and moved you away from God. But I'm just telling you, no, that's not the case. God's coming after you. Your brokenness has moved him. And it's not he's not repulsed by that. He wants to forgive you. He wants to be in relationship with you. But he wants to help take some of that brokenness and try to fix it and move on with another chapter of your life. That's what he wants. Worship team, you guys can come. I love this story. His name is Pierre Paul Thomas. And he was born blind. Okay, he was born blind. He has this congenital uh, thing with his eyes where his eyes move back and forth all the time and it's damaged like his optic nerve and he's got cataracts that, you know, bulge behind his, uh, behind his eyes and from birth, he's never, he's never been able to see. It's an image, image there. So his whole life, he's learned to cope with just this blindness and the hopelessness that comes from from this blindness. I mean, he's, you know, like learned all the all the things that you do, Braille and all those other things. Sixty-six years. He's never seen a glimmer 
of light. He's learned to exist, you know, teenage years, going to college, trying to work, with all the difficulties of being, you know, being disabled. And he's 66 years of age, <clears throat> and he's, he's going to his, uh, coming down from his apartment, kind of on the, the second floor of his apartment. Have we ever put a blind man on the second floor of an apartment? I don't know about that, but here's the story. So he tries to navigate the steps, and he falls. He falls all the way to the bottom. And when he did, he fractured bones in his face. Can you imagine how distressing that was? I'm, I'm blind, but now, man, my face is crushed. So they take him to the hospital. They take him to the hospital, and they're going to do facial reconstructive surgery on on him and and when the surgeon gets there he's like here's what we're going to do with your face and your bones and all that and he said by the way while we're in there do you want us to fix your eyes what what you see for a long time there had been an answer to his blindness but he never looked to find it. He had learned to cope and exist with blindness. And now there had been this answer that had been there for such a long time, but he never looked. He never asked the question, never went back to the doctor. He just learned to live and cope as a blind person. So he said, sure. So they go in, fix his bones, Here's a picture of him, first time 66 years of age he ever saw again. Can I just tell you, if you're away from the Lord and you've made a mess of your life, first of all, welcome to the club. You're at the right church this morning, okay? Nobody around you's lived a perfect life. We all have regrets, skeletons in the closet. Some we've told people about, some are still in the closet. All right? But we've acknowledged that we needed God in our life. This man had an awakening. He had a his circumstances forced him to take a look where he needed God in his life. Here's a man here, there was an answer the whole time. Decades and decades and decades, there was an answer to his blindness, but he never looked and sought it out. I want to tell you this morning, man, part of, part of this whole thing is just the awakening, maybe that you need God. Maybe you've been away from God. Maybe you've drifted from God. Maybe you haven't, you know, served him like, like you should. Hey, today's your day of awakening. Today's your day of awakening that you start a new year and a new season of your life going, hey, man, I'm, I need God. I want to start. I want to start brand new. And I want to tell you something. He will forgive you. He'll help you. And then all the jams that we kind of work ourselves in, he can help us. He can help us try to get on, get on track of our life if we'll give him, you know, if we'll give him that if we'll give him that opportunity. So I want to close. I want to close this morning. Hey, I, I want to I give you that opportunity. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a time of prayer that we're going to pray for everyone this morning. But with everybody's head bowed, everybody's eye closed this morning, I want to start just first of all, <clears throat> maybe with those that just need God in their life. 
Maybe God's been speaking to you. Maybe there are circumstances that have just made you think internally, think spiritually. Maybe people have had that talk with you. And man, today you're just like that young man in Luke 15. Hey, he came to his senses. And this morning, man, I'm, I want to give you that. I want to give you that opportunity. Hey, if you're here today, your life, your spiritual life is not where it should be. Your you know, you're, you're away from the Lord, but this morning you just want to go, hey, pastor, it's a new year, and I just need to start fresh. I need to, I need to get my life right, going back the right way. Really quick, would you just raise your hand up and down and just say, pastor, would you just pray for me this morning? I just need to, I need to get some things right in my life, my heart. Thank you. I just need to, I need to start over. I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I'm going to put a prayer up on the screen. And it's a very simple prayer. It's just a prayer of, of just confession. It's a prayer of new beginning. I'm just going to read over that. If that's you, man, it's up on the screen. Just, just whisper it and pray it. Mean it from your heart. It's, Lord, it says, Father, I know I've broken your laws. My sins have separated me from you. I'm truly sorry, and I want to turn from my sinful past. Please forgive me. I believe that your son, Jesus, died for my sins and was resurrected from the dead, and he hears my prayers. I invite Jesus to become the Lord of my life, to rule and reign in my heart from this day forward. In the name of Jesus, I pray. It's that simple kind of prayer that others in this room have prayed that have brought absolute turn and transformation in your life. At the end of the service, I'd love to meet with you. We're going to do a time of worship. If you want to come and pray and just kind of seal that prayer, someone will come and they'll be glad to pray with you. We've got some things that we want to, want to give you. So would you stand with me, congregation? This morning, I'm going to, I'm going to just lead us in some of the prayer topics of what I've kind of covered this morning. Because... We want to be awakened. That word from Isaiah was to Jerusalem. Get off those, get off those shackles. Get off those prison clothes. You're not a slave anymore. Jerusalem, Israel, start walking into the destiny and the calling that I have for you. Okay? So let's let's pray for a few moments. They're gonna come and they're gonna come and sing. Lord, we come before you. At the beginning of a new year. And God, we pray that you would awaken us. We hear that word from Isaiah. God, that you would stir us. That we would realize, Lord, where we're at. Lord, we pray today. <clears throat> we pray that you would awaken us. Speak to us this morning, Lord. Awaken us, Lord, if we've slumbered and we've gone to sleep. Lord, we haven't live like we've needed to live for you. God, stir us. Stir us this morning. God, I pray through this week, Lord, you would renew a passion for God's word in our life. God, I pray that you would call us to your word. I pray, God, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Lord, I pray that you would put a hunger in our heart for God's word. And God, I pray that there'll be a fruit that's born from that. 
God, I pray there'll be attentive hearing, God, that you'll speak and you'll give understanding. Lord, I pray that your word would cause worship, Lord, to flow out of our hearts. Lord, I pray that I, I, when we read, there'll be repentance that will, that will be uh, realized. Lord, I pray that there'll be humility. God, let us be people of your word. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us if that has not been a part. Lord, we, we pray that we'd be people of the word. Lord, let your word awaken us today. Let your word awaken us. Lord, awaken to our position. Lord, some have been living in Lodabar way too long. Lord, they've been living with the wrong mindset. Lord, they, and we pray, Lord, an awareness of the authority given to us. Lord, by Jesus Christ, Lord, we're children of God. God, I pray that that Lodabar thinking, Lord, would just be stripped away. Lord, we're royalty. <clears throat> Lord, you've saved us. You've called us. We are of great value. God, I pray, Lord, remind us, Lord, that we're made for your courts. We're made for your presence, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray. I pray that we'll be open to new experiences, fresh outpourings of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that we'll follow you to those high mountains. Lord, we'll be faithful in the things that we know to be faithful. But God, you're going to do something new. There are new visions. There are new dreams. There are new words. Lord, there are new experiences for the people of God this year. Oh, God, I pray. God, I pray. Fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. Fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Awaken us. Awaken us. Awaken us, Lord. Awaken us, Lord. Awaken us, Lord. Thank you for listening to the Generations Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message today and pray God's greatest blessings on you. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter.